Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome Brewer fans to Brew Crew Review Podcast. I'm Craig and joined to me today is Vince. Vince, how are you doing? Hey, Craig, I'm great. How are you doing? Good. We're hoping the great Scott Bartell um, chimes in here to join us. But uh, and, and Chad, too. Maybe. Chad, of course. He, he, I think he's trying to get in the waiting room or something, but we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, so, but in the, we kind of are throwing this podcast together kind of really quickly because some news just came over the wire that the Brewers made a trade here kind of similar to earlier in the season where we made a trade after the first weekend of the baseball season. This is kind of seems like a time when not a lot of trades are happening, but the Brewers are really trying to improve their ball club. And so they have made a trade with the Tampa Rays um, and they have traded for Willie Adamas, the shortstop, right-handed shortstop, um, and also Trevor Richards, a Milwaukee native. Uh, right-handed pitcher um, and in return the Brewers had to give up Drew Rasmussen right-handed pitcher who they've been using for the back of their bullpen and also JP Fireisen, also right-handed pitcher they've been using for the back of their bullpen so um, I guess what are your quick take hot take uh, reaction to the trade Vince well it, it did take me by surprise a little bit here today Craig I uh I didn't expect that the Brewers were looking to make a move like this via trade. I thought that maybe we might see some guys being shuffled up and down from the big league club to triple a or something, just to kind of get this offense going. Uh, but um, yeah. So outside of being surprised, uh, one of the reasons outside of just being surprised that there was a trade at all, I guess I'm a little surprised because we've really relied a lot on fire Eisen, especially, but both of these guys uh, here in the, 2021 season they're both young guys who are under contract for a while yet um but fire Eisen's appeared in 21 games uh, in the in the season already this year for milwaukee i mean that's a lot of games i mean he's a pretty key piece to the bullpen so um you know i what i i hope that you know this works out obviously my fear is that that we've taken away a little bit from one of our strengths on the team, which is this bullpen. And again, I think it's fire rising, especially is a big part of that um, to try to address, you know, some offensive needs, at least with Adamus, but you know, we'll, we'll see how things play out. I, I I look at Adamus and I, you know, kind of question then why we traded Orlando Arcia earlier in the year, if we weren't going to stick with Urias uh, at shortstop, you know, it's, it's strange timing. I know that Urias has struggled big time recently, but, you know, if you had confidence in Urias, what, six weeks ago when the season started to, you know, take over from Orlando Arcia like three games into the season, then I don't know why you'd give up on him quite so quickly. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it speaks to something else going on. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I think that was probably a piece that the Rays wanted in return. Um, it'd be interesting to know who actually initiated this trade, and we may never know, but. Uh, Obviously, the Brewers are a team that's probably desperate to try to get better offensively and wanted to add an offensive piece in Willie Adamas, I'm assuming. But um, yeah, especially with the, you know, the early season trade of Orlando Garcia, who wasn't really in our plans necessarily, long-term plans anyway. And then 
I guess the right. struggles of uh, Luis Urias as of late are pretty much since they've acquired him for the most part. Um, so it's not surprising to me, but on the flip side of that, the Rays, they have the top prospect arguably in all baseball and Wander Franco is their shortstop at AAA and he's pretty much ready to go. So I think all the other teams in the league knew that they were willing to move Willie Adams and, um, and therefore probably his price is probably suppressed a little bit, so to speak. Um, and a lot of teams in season aren't necessarily looking for a starting, starting shortstop either. Um, so I, right. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to move him at this time. Um, I, I guess I, I, my initial take on it, believe it or not, is it's kind of an even trade and probably helps both clubs, which, you know, I guess why trades are made. Um, but like you're saying, I think the Brewers will probably take a hit to their bullpen almost immediately because of how often they use fire eyes and, and Rasmussen for that matter. I mean, I actually yep. think Rasmussen is going to be missed the most out of the two players we gave, gave up. I mean, he was a fifth round draft pick, but he kind of had a first grade pedigree. And the fact that he, he suffered two Tommy John surgeries while he was in college kind of, you know, were, allowed the Brewers to get him where they did. I had high hopes for him to be either a closer type or even a back to middle end of the rotation type type player. And I think he will become one of those things for the Rays long-term. So it's a significant yeah. to give up, I think. Uh, Adamas and uh, Trevor Richards, who's, like I mentioned, was a Milwaukee native. And they are, I, I believe, under arbitration control for at least three more years each. So that's really mm-hmm. helpful for the Brewers part of the trade. But the guys we gave up, I think, are under team control for five years or so. So they are, and bo- both of those guys, both Rasmussen and Fire Eyes, and just both only made their big league debuts last season in 2020. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, we are giving up a lot of control for guys that do have a decently high pedigree. And and you're right about Rasmussen's initial ceiling. And you know, the, one of the things I noticed about Fire Eyes, and I was watching the game and thinking about this recently, it's it, it seems like Council never hesitated to put him in big situations, uh, and most of the time. The results have been good, you know, and, and, you know, granted that's just anecdotal, but going, going and looking a little bit more at his numbers, you know, he's got a 3.26 ERA on the season. He's thrown 19 and a third innings, you know, to me, um, he's been a pretty consistent guy in our pen. He's given up 11 walks, but gotten 20 strikeouts, um, you know, some decent numbers. So yeah, I, I, again, I'm, I'm hopeful that Adamus can, you know, maybe provide a little bit of a spark. I guess my biggest critique isn't about, Adamus per se it's more just if you were going to get a shortstop why would you trade Arcia to begin with I guess you're gaining a couple of those arbitration years uh back but you know outside of that I can't really think of why you would you know trade Arcia otherwise um if you weren't going to stick with with Urias well I think that there that was the plan to stick with him but I think that and it's only been six weeks so I mean Adamas or Urias could also, they both have experience playing third to possibly form a platoon with Sean. So, uh, I'm sorry, with, yeah. Sean, with Travis Shaw and the left-hander, of course. Um, right. So it wouldn't surprise me if both those guys stick with the big club, um, especially long-term we'll see, but um, you know, Adamas's bat doesn't necessarily profile any better than Orlando Arcia, really. I mean, if you look at his stat line through the minors and the major leagues, I mean, he had 20 home runs in 2019 season, but th- that was, I mean, that was a year that the balls are juice. And I think that the way broke a major league record for the most home runs in baseball that year. And a lot of guys had 20 plus homers. So I feel like he has more of like a range of 10 plus Homer 
power, which is kind of where you stick Arcia or even Urias kind of. So they, they're all right-handed hitters and they're all kind of profile similarly, but they're all great and pretty great defensively. Adonis is. Yeah. Well. So um, it's, it's curious that they're all kind of similar players. And, and again, they have various amounts of team control and obviously Arcia had the least. And so that's why he's not any longer with the team. I don't think they're willing to pay him even what his arbitration numbers were going to come in at here as last, you know, as last year. So, yeah, I don't know. It is. I guess at this point in the Brewers season, I think that they feel that the NL central is there for the taking, so to speak, with really, I think mm-hmm. being the only real competition it seems this year going forward. And, and we need a spark on offense. And if this does nothing other than that, I think it would still be a good trade. Yeah, you know, and there's that aspect to it. And and maybe Adamus can, you know, continue to flash some power. He did hit uh, eight home runs in a severely shortened season last year, you know, in 54 games. So, um, you know, I, I think that his power numbers do line up a little bit more favorably than um, RC is. So, it, you know, maybe maybe that's another reason why you do something like this and don't keep a guy like uh, Orlando Arcia. But um, it's interesting. I, I do have to say really quick, I think that, um, we do owe a thanks to our anonymous source, Tom Carter, for being the one to break the news about the trade. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, our colleague Tom Hodgecord. It was our anonymous source, Tom Carter. Yeah, but you you cannot say his full name and also not even say anonymous. We'll just he did say we could say T C though. So we'll just go with it. Okay. He texted Scott and Scott uh, texted us the info a little bit before it hit the hit the big time here. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's yeah to, to see a straight a trade this time of year, especially of this kind of ma- I guess I shouldn't say magnitude but I mean a starting shortstop to be acquired at this point um, is pretty interesting um, so I, I think some fresh races will be real nice at this point of the season obviously the Brewers have been really lagging on offense this month I, I feel like we had a really great a- April and it really showed what great pitching we had especially with our homegrown aces I guess I'll call them in uh, Woodruff yeah Peralta because they're all pitching like one through the entire season so far so when you have players of that caliber finally, you know, basically peaking, you want to make sure to be able to score some runs. And the Brewers have not been able to do that at all in April. It's just a complete nightmare. And so you really adding an offensive player in from another. Or in May, and you mean in May? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. But, in yeah. May, yeah, I mean April. We, yeah, the totally Brewers agree. Exceed expectations in May. They've been uh, underperforming expectations, in my opinion. So. I think that this is a spark that the club could need. And I will say I'm, I'm really kind of a fan of Trevor Richards, who was the right-handed pitcher coming back in the trade. And, and uh, I, I mean, he's got experience in the bullpen and in the rotation. Um, and I mean, we really could use some more depth on the rotation side of things too, where, um, you know, basically he almost profiles as a right-handed Eric Lauer for the most part, where he's starting to get in his mid twenties, mid twenties. And yeah, he's going to show anything in the major league level. Now is the time. And I, I think he's yeah. ready and, you know, so adding him, but he is also can be a swing man or even eat whatever uh, bullpen innings you need him to. So I really like him and being a Milwaukee native, everyone probably knows the story. Like just three years ago, he was out of baseball working at the Miller brewery. So it's kind of interesting to uh, have him. <laughs> in With that being said, I, we I, gave forgot up. That, I forgot that story until the, the great one uh, mentioned it in our pre-production meeting here today. Yeah, his interns are hard at work for sure. Um, but um, but no, but Fire Eyes himself is a Wisconsin native, so it's kind of interesting to have two Wisconsin natives in the same brewery. I don't know if that's ever happened in their history. That, not that I can recall, but 
Um, uh, no, I, I don't think it has. Uh, looking over, I think it's, there's 12 guys who are native to the state of Wisconsin who played for the team in the team's history, maybe 13 after Jordan Zimmerman, now that I think about it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I think that this would be the first. Although, I have to say, I don't think that Richards was actually born in Richards Wisconsin. Richards might have so been I don't born think that he counts. In, 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 out of Wisconsin and just lived in the uh, Yeah, he was born. I'm looking at I've got a note here from our intern. He was born in uh, Aviston, Illinois. But okay, that being that's said, he, does, he does live in Wisconsin. But it's sort of like a Craig Council thing where uh, Craig was technically born in Indiana, but obviously he's a Wisconsin native. So, you know, I, but um, yeah, I just had to point that out that technically he was born in that uh, godforsaken state to the south. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. It's exciting just to have a little bit of a um, little bit of fresh uh, injection of new blood into the in on the team, so to speak, at this point. So that's kind of kind of exciting, just in the neck, because I think the Brewers needed some kind of shot in the arm after the really kind of poor play for the last couple of weeks. And hopefully, you know, Adamus can really come in and and start hitting. I mean, I assume he's going to get pretty much regular at bats and uh, either a shortstop and third. And possibly even, you know, spelling Wong because he's got some second base uh, experience. As yeah. Well. So he's very similar to yeah. Curious in that way where he could cover pretty much the whole, uh, well, second, second, short, third part of the diamond. So it's kind of pretty valuable. Yeah. And he fits, and he fits the Stearns, you know, acquisition profile where he's versatile. And like you said, he can play, you know, two, three, four positions. Uh, so that's, that's certainly something that it seems like is an MO of, David Stern, the Craig Council, uh, who, you know, move guys around routinely and, um, you know, have guys play multiple positions. And so it certainly fits the the theme of the Brewers the last, you know, four or five seasons. And, and it does feel like our bullpen took a hit, but it wouldn't, I wonder if, um, you know, some of the arms that were acquired for Arcea, uh, uh earlier this year could possibly slot into those, you know, vacated spots on the, in the bullpen, or at least a little bit of bullpen shuffling, possibly those guys like Weigel get some experience or there's some opportunity coming forward here, but we'll see. Um, I think in the interim, Richard will probably, I'm guessing will go right to the major league team unless they want to stretch him out at triple a or something, but I, I know he's got some options available, so it, it'll be, you know, some good, um, but I mean, with those, I kind of will miss, especially Rasmussen and Fire Rising. I really thought that those guys had a had a good opportunity to be solid arms for a long time in, in our bullpen. But as right-handers, I think they're a little bit more replaceable, especially, you know, there's always veteran right-handed uh, bullpen arms floating around. So, I, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it necessarily. But uh, yeah, and I have to point out, I never got a chance to meet Rasmussen. Uh, had some, some personal interaction with uh, JP Fireisen on a Zoom call uh, earlier this year. Uh, he attended a, a chapter, a Ken Keltner Milwaukee chapter meeting for the Society for American Baseball Research and uh, got a chance to talk with him. And it was, he was, you know, a, a very nice guy. So I, I thought it worth mentioning here. He was very personable and very much like a, a small town, uh, Northern Wisconsin type of guy, which was, you know, obviously appreciated by that group. Um, so Anyways, you know, on a, on a personal level, we'll miss them in Milwaukee. But um, understand the trades have to be made. You know, it is a business as well. And uh, do you want to go over the roster moves that took place for tonight's game here, Craig? Was there anything else? I didn't see anything from our, our uh, colleague, Tom Hodgecourt. I've not seen that yet, so maybe you could check on that, or else we'll just have Scott chime in here. Yeah. But, uh, sure. but what, what I did want to point out, though, is kind of interesting, is that uh, Drew Rasmussen out of the University of Oregon State, where he was, you know, star right-hander, 
was actually originally drafted 31st overall in the first round of the 2017 draft um, by the Rays. So obviously um, there's someone oh, sure. on them for, well, at least the last four years. And, um, you know, so it, it's not solely surprising that their scouting department kind of earmarked him or targeted him to reacquire um, since he ultimately, they ultimately didn't sign him because after drafting him, he did uh, require Tommy John surgery. So he did go back to college and that's where the Brewers were able to get him, I believe in the fifth round a year or two later. So um, yeah, it's, it's interesting all, trade all the way around. I really feel, and I, I feel a little bit bad for fire eyes because I think he was probably excited to, you know, make his debut as a Milwaukee brewer and hope, hope to have a career as a Milwaukee brewer and getting traded to the Rays. I mean, they're, they're a talented organization who really know how to handle their pitchers too. So I know he's, he'll be in good hands and uh we should probably point out to our viewers we're actually going to be checking out some Rays games uh, down in Tampa uh, for you yeah. here at the end of May, so we can kind of give a little scouting report on how others get down there. Well, yeah, the we, I know, yeah, and I know that you applied for press passes uh, for our show with the uh, the minor league ballpark in Dunedin, Florida, where the Tampa Bay Rays uh, are going to be taking on the Blue Jays and the Blue Jays' last home game in Dunedin before they move up to Buffalo for probably the remainder of the 2021 season. Um, so between that and Tropicana field uh, the following day, we'll be hopefully coming at you with some JP fire eyes and interviews perhaps. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe yeah. Doug, maybe Doug is working. That'd be great. <laughs> maybe Doug is working in that press box. <laughs> Doug from Nashville. Doesn't, yeah. Doesn't uh, like sure. to be here in the press box though, but what can you do? Yeah. Scotty found that out pretty quick. Yeah. So unfortunately, Scott and Chad weren't able to get in on this podcast. Um, and, uh, but no, I'm pretty excited for what's coming up here for the Brewers. Um, I know that uh, also you and Scott will have some, possibly some chance to catch uh, some games at Miller Park here in the next couple of weeks too. So it's an exciting time. And I know our next podcast will be, will be fun filled for our, our listeners as well. So uh, I guess in the meantime, make sure to follow us on Twitter and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, Brew Crew Review 1 on Twitter. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page. I know that's mostly monitoring that. And uh, make sure you send any emails uh, that you have for our podcast. We'll try to get to them uh, on our next podcast, Brew Crew Review Podcast, with an S at gmail.com. Um, you can reach us pretty much anytime. I'm really hoping Scott's in and, and, those emails. So uh, I'm sure he has. And by the way, I should point out that uh, I'm actually, if you heard any noises in the background here, I, I'm in the car. Sure. We're... Yeah, it's a, not a bird. It's raining on the windshield. But um, we are on our way to check out the Sugarland Skeeters tonight. My first time going to that minor league ballpark uh, outside of Houston. So pretty excited to catch the minor league ball nice. uh, tonight. So hopefully the rain lets up a little bit. So we're, we're prepared. We got some raincoats or ponchos or something. And we're, we're ready for some baseball. It's Friday night. Absolutely. Awesome. So, all right. Well, thanks. And in, in these unbelievable... Uh conditions with the rain and the windshield wipers in the background for joining us on this podcast Vince and <laughs> enjoy the game tonight Thanks. and uh, again Brewers taking on the Reds here coming up in the next three game series and they're they're coming home for a homestand so Brewers That's if you right. have a chance get on out to Miller Park I know they're increasing the, uh, the, the capacity of the stadium and if you know if you haven't been to a Brewer game in a couple of years now's the time I think so well that and don't forget we'll have a Brooker review meet and greet on uh, the Thursday game against Arizona uh, excited to meet our fans uh, in person since we're going to have a Brooker Review reunion at the ballpark on Thursday. What is that? Uh, June 3rd. June 3rd? 
The meet and greet will go against from, the Arizona Diamondbacks <laughs> from 6:30 until game time. It's a 6:40 start, so it will be available for about 10 minutes, just outside the Hank Aaron statue. If you want to come uh, by, and- actually, we'll we'll probably still be up at uh, the bars on Blue Mound at that point, Craig. I'm thinking J and B's or something. Okay, well, go long, long. Kind of hang out <laughs> by the Hank Aaron. You might catch us. We'll, we'll at least pass by. That's <laughs> good. All right, Craig. Thanks, thanks, Scotty. Thanks, Chad. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right, go Brewers. Classy Brewers and go Brewers. Go Brewers. <laughs> do 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 do.